This podcast is powered by you. To find out more, visit DiscussingTrek.com slash support. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series, Star Trek Discovery. Hi, I'm Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with the tech story himself, Carrie Brown. How you doing, dude? Yo, pretty good. Happy to be back on after a long hiatus slash, um, yeah, hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were gone for a bit. And you were on too for a while, but we're glad to have yeah. you back as well. Yeah. How's life been treating you? I heard you had some life events. Yeah, um so uh April was a pretty hectic month for me. I moved, I changed jobs and I had a kid, so Hey. Well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Another kid. Oh, busy, busy, busy man. She's doing great. Um finally starting to like show expressions instead of just like just be a baby vegetable she's like smiling and stuff now so that's cool baby vegetable i like that i'll do too and that voice you hear there is none other than the who's story himself cal jones how's he doing man i'm doing pretty good dude i am going to echo what the other mr brown said i'm glad to have carrie back with us it's uh missed having him on so uh welcome back dude thanks good to be back so sir what have you been up to how has life been treating you well, I haven't had a kid. I haven't moved. But you and I did not stay stationary in the month of April. We had three different conventions. No, 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 no. I take that back. We had two conventions in April. And uh, we're fresh off the heels of Hulanta from Atlanta, Georgia, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Ours was hectic for other reasons. But <laughs> yeah, it's good to return back to a bit of normalcy. And those all were a lot of fun. Uh, two conventions in Tupelo. And of course, like you said, Hulana, which is in Atlanta, Georgia. So yeah, just a lot of fun and a lot of running, but it's, it's good to be chilling for a while, I'll say. I agree. But I have to also say looking forward to Huntsville next month. So can't wait for that. Yeah. So we have, uh, Costabras as well as the Mississippi Comic Con next month. Correct so. again, sir. Yes. So yeah, that should be fun. And yeah, can't wait. So, guys, what we do here on this podcast is review each episode of Star Trek Discovery and extended materials. And this is going to be an extended material episode where we're going to be talking about Star Trek Discovery Succession number one. So, guys, if you like Star Trek, and I'm sure you do if you're listening to this, we are running a contest right now on DiscussingTrek.com for a pop vinyl collection of Star Trek Beyond. If you're into that movie... And you're listening to this and you're in the contiguous 48 uh, United States, you're eligible to win. So just go there, uh, fill out the contest form and you can be entered to win those. Uh, what? I think eight pop vinyls, which are pretty so, good. Yeah. yeah. So go there, check it out and uh, enter to win. That would be great. We really appreciate it. 
So today we're going again we're going to be talking about Star Trek Discovery Succession number 1 which is the third series from IDW Publishing for Star Trek Discovery. Of course, we had The Light of Kalis, we had the Star Trek Discovery Annual which we reviewed and put on our Patreon account, and now we're starting with the Succession series, their four series arc. But before we get into that, I want to talk about a bit of news. Now, do you guys remember them saying that adult Spock would not show up on Star Trek Discovery? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think they're kind of backtracking a little bit. Uh, so, uh, Sonika Martin Green actually did an interview where she were, was, um, asked a question about what's going to happen in season two. And she kind of said that we may see Spock on the show, adult Spock on the show. Uh, let me see. Can I get what she, she said? Here she goes. You know, Aaron Herbert's, he said after finale on Star Trek, uh, on after Trek, that season two was going to be about the line between science and faith. He also said that there's going to be a lot of family dynamic. It is the Enterprise that we see in that shot at the end of the first season. You see Sarah and Burnham look at each other, and there you have it. So she's kind of saying that we're going to see Spock. I'm not going to hold my breath, but that would be really interesting if they actually cast and we see Spock. It makes a lot of sense. They've already cast Pike, but who knows what we'll see. Quint, you think Quinto's going to make a cameo? <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool, but he might be a little bit too old now. I don't know. Huh? Maybe I don't know. Well, yeah, he it is younger Spock, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess he looks pretty old on um on the pilot, so I, I on the cage, so I don't know. Um, it could work. It could work. I like to see him, but but yeah, I think that could be interesting if we see Spock pop up. Pop up which, from what I'm hearing, we'll, we're only going to see Pike and crew for only a couple of episodes. So, you know, even if he's in there just for a little bit, I think it could be really cool. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there, too. I mean, they're, anything that they put out, I think, read with a grain of salt because they're going to take us into unexpected territory. Look what they did in the first season with all this, you yeah. know, back and forth and back and forth that they did. So grain of salt is my take. <laughs> yeah, they're all, all about throwing curveballs. So I Which I like. I mean, I'm yeah. not complaining. <laughs> yeah. Bring them on. What I see. So, guys, do you guys have any news Star Trek related or sci-fi space related that you want to talk about before we dive in? Well, this uh, is kind of blasphemy to say, but we've got the um, May 25th, uh, you know, a certain movie of another star <laughs> franchise. Yeah. I'll just mention that. Is it really, though? Is it really? It know. is. It is. It is. <laughs> or are they going off on their own and kind of doing a solo type adventure of a, <laughs> a kind of away from, you know, the the other thing, just going solo? There's no lightsabers. Yeah, I'm, I'm still skeptical of solo, but I will say that watching the first official trailer like it, it does have me kind of wanting to watch it now. So, you know, I'm at least going to stay for Donald Glover. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, agreed. Yeah. Like it I, seems like he's going to be a good Lando. Yeah, and like I said, and, and, and I've been butchering the poor guy playing Han Solo name. I think it's Aaron Reich, but I've been saying Aldrich or something. I don't know, but it's, it's Aaron Reich. But anyway, um, I'm interested to see what he does. It should be a fun movie, but just like Rogue One, I went into Rogue One not really excited at all, but I came out with a pretty satisfied experience and I'm hoping to get the same thing with this one. 
Yeah, Rogue One far exceeded my expectations. Agreed, okay, so sir. here's what I here's what I don't want to have happen. I don't want to be standing in the parking lot with you, my friend, and re-experience the uh, Last Jedi again. <laughs> yeah, the Je- Last Jedi was hard to swallow at first, but you, you know. guys didn't like the Last Jedi. Well, it's it's it's, not, it's less a didn't like, more a puzzled. Uh, you guys are uh, all muffled just, understanding. You're all, <laughs> we you're, all, you're all just pissy about what happened to Luke, weren't you? Hey, man, you no know, Luke. You have Mary Poppins, Leia. Hey, take your pick. It's plenty to choose from. Well, see, now for me, <laughs> I came out with the Mary Poppins of I freaking love this movie. And I was so like, you know, oh, you know, this was the greatest movie of all time. And then I started thinking about it. It was like, oh, crap, this movie really wasn't that good. <laughs> well, 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 just to show how divided the nation has been on a whole, just a little microcosm of our group that walked out. Half of us thought it was good and half of us were just puzzled. So it's, it's kind of a divisive movie, but that's OK. That's OK. It was fun. So if you don't yeah. mind, I've got a question for you two guys, just kind of tying that into Star Trek. Is it because of social media or the fact of, you know, that we're able to get on a podcast and we're talking about this stuff that like, you know, we we talked last season that there were your Star Trek purists and the, then there was the ones that said, OK, well, Discovery is different, so we're going to love it because it's different. Is is that kind of the same thing? Is it just because we've got so many more avenues to talk now? Well, one thing's for sure is they definitely didn't follow the recipe, but I don't know. I feel like so, in some ways it's kind of like the the end of hip thing to do to hate something. But, it, you know, I feel like there's a hive mind thing also is like we're going to decide together whether we like or hate something. Yeah. Instead of instead of like personalizing it and just thinking about like your about your reaction to it. We're also thinking about like what like what's what's the um i don't know the right way to say this what's the what's consensus on this going to be like am i judging this from my experience or am i judging it from a critical perspective i feel like being on a podcast like everything we do everything we experience because we talk about stuff like this we're we're looking at it from a more critical um view so in that turn you know we're a little bit less likely to just dive into something and enjoy it for what it is we're kind of looking for it in like the big picture sort of way. Does that make agree. sense? <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. And that totally makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's perfectly okay to go to something and be the only one in a crowd that likes it or be the one person that hates it. You know, I, I think it's fine, but to your point, I think you shouldn't base your experience off of the crowd, go in unsullied and, and leave out with your opinion and don't let it be influenced by others because man, it is a cavalcade of opinions being thrown at you in every which way. And it's, it's kind of hard to walk out pure. In a yeah. Sense. I think in some ways we've just forgotten to have fun. You know, we like, you know, when we're kids when we go to a movie, we just sit down and we like, okay, entertain, you know, yeah. we're not thinking about how does this fit into the larger universe of the, <laughs> Of the yeah. of the meta of Star Wars, the breaking continuity. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's so like, different. Did you have fun or did you not have fun? You know, if people say they didn't enjoy Star Wars because you know it wasn't just their thing, you know, I can understand it. But when you start talking about like continuity and like it, it, it 
I, I guess that makes sense in some ways, but like, why are we worried about that? Let's just have fun and enjoy the movie for what it is. But I will say we do live in a different world where continuity does matter. Uh, we're talking about Star Trek and how we have all these different series and we have this new one that's so vastly different. How is it going to fit into what we know? And I think it's valid on some points. I think it's very valid, but you know, this just goes to show that all of this information that we have at our fingertips and we're trying to consume it and fit it all into this thing and make sense of it, you know, for every episode that we see. And it's a hard thing to do, you know, hats, hats off to the showrunners and all they have to do. You know, you have to have a historian on the staff <laughs> to write a you really show. Do. You're right. Yeah. And but, especially, but, go ahead. I was just going to say the thing about Discovery, like the first season was if you just what we were doing was we were taking each morsel and we were digesting it like fully whereas even me like my opinion of discovery at the beginning of the season the middle of the season and then at the end where i could digest the entire thing like i feel like this series as a whole the season was very 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 much a star trek show yes Um, yes. there are part there were times when it diverted you know and i feel like that's kind of the same thing that's going to happen with star wars i feel like this third one's going to kind of tie everything together yeah, and, we'll see. And and you have to keep it fresh. You can't keep doing the same things. And we if we have to divert for a little bit to maybe mix it up, make this story a little more interesting. You know, I'm I'm down for that. I'm I'm going to actually divert from what you two guys said and say that it may not be more so of a diversion, but a change in how stories are told. Because when you guys were talking, I'm hearing the same conversation but just using star trek as opposed to how people referred to bringing back doctor who in 2005 and comparing it to 96 or the series from the 60s 70s and 80s and saying you know how different it was same scenario just different settings and the only difference i mean the only similarity there is all of this is this is 2018 production that was 2005 but your production values change. So maybe that's all the big difference might be. No. Yeah. And like, I know we we're like kind of going off topic here, but like, it's, it's funny you say that because like, I feel like I agree with you that we do that with everything. Cause like, I just think about like the LeBron James versus Michael Jordan argument. We're taking Michael Jordan's entire career and we're comparing it to LeBron's career that isn't even finished yet. You know, yeah. like I feel like it's more a more, a smarter thing to do is to take one whole work one complete work and then you know at the end maybe we can start making comparisons but we still don't know where this series is going to go and that excites me yeah totally agree. agreed and i'll just say uh that news that we got of spock possibly appearing as an adult in season two that was sent in from eric heatherton from canada so guys if you want to send us feedback you can send it in at fans at discussing So let's get into the review of Star Trek Discovery Succession Issue 1. Succession takes place after the events of Star Trek Discovery Season 1. The USS Discovery and its its crew have returned to the original timeline. This is what happens in the Mirror Universe after they left. (laughs) So uh, this book was written by Mike Johnson and Kirsten Beyer. Art by Angel Hernandez, George Costello. Costados, I probably said that wrong. And I Dick Clarence, going to say Costanza. <laughs> Shavley and Jordan Belair. Guys, what are our initial thoughts on Succession? And spoilers. We'll just drop the spoiler bumper right here. 
Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. What do you got, guys? Dude, they should make like a little made-for-TV movie out of this. Like it, <laughs> I, I love this. I love this comic so much. I thought it was amazing. Wow. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I agree with Carrie. I would definitely, definitely watch this. I mean, hands down, I would watch this. I will say it felt a little thin to me, but it was a lot going on in this in these few pages. Well, before we just dive in, what are you guys' thoughts on the Mirror Universe in season one as a whole? Did we like it? Do we think it was too much, you know, off the rocker kind of? What, what, what's your general thoughts on it? Uh, go ahead, Cal. Okay, so I have always been fascinated by evil twins and alternate <laughs> dimensions and mirror universes and Bizarro. Kid, yeah, yeah, Bizarro <laughs> from, you know, Superwoman and uh, Ultraman and all of those, you know, evil Justice League characters. Always been fascinated by that. So the prospect of a comic about a mirror universe where I've already met the good versions of the characters, I mean, I'm like 100% all in. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the same way where, like, to me, in a lot of series, this isn't necessarily always the case, but in a lot of series that I've watched, not just like Star Trek, I usually enjoy the villains more than the heroes because they seem to have more personality. And, like, I feel like the mirror versions of Burnham and of Lorca, well, we didn't really meet the mirror version of Lorca, but, like, uh, Giorgio, like, to me, they just seem like they're more... I don't want to say charismatic, but they seem like they're just more interesting. And it could just be because I'm so used to the vanilla version. And this version is kind of new and unpredictable. But I really enjoyed that aspect of it, just kind of seeing things from another perspective. And like in the series, I actually enjoyed the Mirror Universe. Like the Mirror Universe part was my favorite part of the entire series. So um, and, and given that's like the second half of it, but. I was always more interested in the mirror universe. So it was cool to see them kind of fleshing it out some more. Yeah, I totally agree with both of you guys. I like how it takes what we know and, and, and turns it on its head. And these characters who we've grown to love and endure, we see the evil side of them, the bad side, the side that we, we just can't fathom. You know, so I, I always think that's the interest, the interesting thing in the mirror universe and the dynamic it plays when these characters meet each other or interact with people from the prime universe is always fun and always welcome. So this book is going to be taking place in the mirror universe. We start, we start off with this scene of Burnham and Lorca. And did anyone else get the sense that maybe Burnham was the one behind all this to begin with? Yeah, I kind of got that. I felt that way. And when I say this, I mean the whole notion of uh, overthrowing uh, Emperor Jojo. She raised her will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was quite surprised how they, you know, it's a comic book, but they have some risque scenes in there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's funny because like when i first read this i didn't realize what it was um I, of course the cover kind of gives it away with the Terran, but like i wasn't really thinking about it being in the mirror universe so when i first saw the first page with them in bed together i was like whoa okay okay <laughs> like, it, it really threw me off but you know i quickly realized that it was mirror and i was like sweet 
It was quite cool, quite cool. Like I said, just to see her, seems like she may have been the one pushing things that was really interesting. And, you know, the whole title being succession, it were, was her throne to take, I mean, or to have eventually. And yeah. we, uh, we see where I guess she couldn't wait for it. And, you know, we have the notion of this guy, uh, and I'm jump a little bit, Alexander. Alexander. <laughs> Weird, because he reminds me a little bit of Lex Luthor. I don't know why. Maybe the head, but he's not bald, so I'm not sure why he reminds me of Lex Luthor. <laughs> he, he he actually reminds me a little bit of, of Namor as huh. the the Submariner more than he did Luthor. But I mean, I can see, you know, now that I'm looking at him, I can see the Luthor eyes, you know, and I can picture him being bald. But 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 something about the arrogance too made me think of Namor. All I could think was Johnny Young Bosch should play him if the, if it actually they actually show him in the show. <laughs> That's really all I could think. Oh boy! And we see where maybe this guy is even more treacherous than um than than Emperor Jojo is because uh, we see where he looks like he's experimenting with some DNA strand thing to rid the uh, world of of uh, all non-human existence. Dude, like like it. Th- like I've said this before where like this show kind of reminded me of like a live action Mass Effect. But this thing just instantly like when he said that, I instantly thought Genophage were like in yeah. a second one. They're trying to kill off the Krogan. So they have this like genetic disease that kills them like that. I was like, yes, yes, yes. See, I'll take it in another route. Um, in the X-Men comics back in the late 80s, early 90s, they had a virus that was targeting strictly mutants. And it, it, it basically, if you got the virus, your powers went out of control to the point to where you they killed you. So, you know, the, the, and it was it was a virus that was made. I mean, it wasn't naturally, you know, some human made it and infected uh, the mutants with it. So kind of similar there because the point was eradicate all mutants huh, and i'll take it in yet another direction uh we've talked about how the klingons have changed over the years and there's been explanations in story for how the klingons change um other than what we see in discovery we we got an explanation for what we saw in tos versus what we see in tng and uh on and forward I'm thinking what he's planning because they uh, very specifically said this this is a weapon to target the genes of a specific race. Now I'm thinking mm-hmm. I'm thinking like what do you need that for other than to possibly make whatever race it is more human like? Because why wouldn't you just release a toxin, a gas that would kill everybody. Why do you need something so specific as a a DNA imprint on their race in order to destroy them? So this well, is, go ahead. The thing that I took from that was that he wants to kill the sentient life forms, but he doesn't want to kill like the entire planet. So okay. like, it's like the animals and stuff like he wants to like use the planet, but he just wants and to get rid of all the sentient the life. And get yeah. rid of the- that's a good point. That's a good point. Cause I, I, you know, I, I can't help but thinking they're looking for a way to explain why the Klingons look different. And this is just me saying, could this be one of the things that leads to the Klingons? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but I can see that too. Yeah, but your yeah, point. But, but this is the mirror. I don't mean to interrupt, but this could be, this is the mirror universe. I mean, the, the assumption would then have to be that it would also occur in the other universe. Yeah. Well, I do think we're going to see the mirror universe. 
again um, in Discovery. And not only that, uh, we have to presume that uh, Emperor Giorgio knows about this technology. She was the emperor. So who's to say she can't replicate it in, in Prime Universe? I sure hope we see more in the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, we got the foreshadow on Section 31, so we're going to see that next season. Uh, we're going to see a lot of her, I hope, in Season 2. But, but yeah, I'm, I don't know, man. I can't shake this feeling that this might have something to do with the, the look of the Klingon somewhere down the line. Um, yeah, I can see that too. So, Very interesting. Yeah, guys, moving on from there, uh, we also get this thing of – of the turmoil on the Shinzo. And wow. You know, we see from the, the, the show proper that, you know, as soon as, um, Prime Burnham gets on a Shinzo, she has to fight one of her colleagues that she saw die in the first season. And it's just like a dog eat dog world <laughs> over there. They freaking, uh, hold no punches. And it's just, chaos it has to be chaos which to me like how can they run a tight ship when there's so much when you always have to look over your back you know and i guess that's more uh, of the mentality if you think of pirates and things like that from the times past it reminds me a lot more of that than what we see in normal star trek but mm-hmm. yeah yeah we see where um i cannot pronounce the lady's name the black lady with the hair oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> That black lady with the, the, hair. the, the, the black yeah, her <laughs> <laughs> with with the hair and uh, Detmer a little more easier to pronounce. We see where Detmer kind of we know that she's left in charge when when uh, Burnham leaves the Shinzu and she's just like you know I'm running things. And what do you guys think about that mentality in the Terran Empire of like it's you know we are always trying to kill each other to get to the top. Stay strapped. Yeah. <laughs> so let me let me let me ask this, or let me say say it like this. And 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 this is oh, I hope this doesn't come across as being like defeatist or negative because it definitely isn't. But in some level, isn't that the way things are in business and in life and whatever to some degree? Anyway, it's just personified and amplified to the nth degree in this because there is that sense of you know if you're not keeping up then somebody's going to come up and surpass you and somebody's going to replace you or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be isn't that kind of the way things are anyway yeah i agree cal i feel like thing this is how the you know this is what happens in in reality you know up to the extent of what's culturally allowed (laughs) correct You know, everybody does this to a certain extent. Yeah, and it, it, in this case, to me, it's more, you know, I can see that sense in a non-structured environment, but this is like a military installation. You have to have order of some sort. And, you know, that's just their system, I guess, but just still. Yeah, because, well, I think Kerry hit on a very good point when he said it's about what is culturally accepted. So if the culture of that you know, if that's what that culture is, then it would also bleed over to, for all intents and purposes, the military, which is what this is. Yeah. It would bleed over into that. Yeah. And I mean, you you got to realize that, like, the United States isn't too far removed from people having, like, 
gun duels to like settle, <laughs> you know, to settle like yeah. disagreements and stuff like that. it. We're not too far removed from that. It's been a, a century, maybe or two, but like the, the, it's really not that far away from us. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of uh, I guess I shouldn't be laughing at this, but um the the Revolutionary War when the 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 British would just stand in a line and shoot and the Americans were like <laughs> rene- <laughs> like renegades. Bill Gibson was hiding in the woods shooting. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah, it's all about how your the order of your society, I guess. So we do see where Arium, I think it's Arium, um, the robot lady, the cyborg oh. lady. Oh, favorite man. scene, favorite scene. Yes, yeah. So everybody we know and love from Star Trek Discovery is now dead. <sighs> well, the funny thing to me was I felt like this was the comic book writers like um like throwing a finger up to like all those people that complained about her to begin with. It's yeah. like now she's a major character in the universe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, that's- I like I was a, a bit taken aback by the reaction to that character. Like it, I still don't understand why people were so upset about it. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the controversy was. Was it the fact that it was she something about ha- yeah, something about like having an and- yeah, yeah, having an android on a bridge or something? They were like, "You do have robots on the bridge." Yeah, yeah. This well, I guess watchable. I guess the difference between her uh, the time frame for me between her and Data uh, makes it un- it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I think she's is she an android or more of a cyborg? And that's I think what I was about to say. Have we ever said? That she is a robot. I don't think we have. Yeah. I mean, not we ourselves, but, you know, the well, the canon. Yeah, she has to be somewhat organic because if you notice in the panel um, right before everybody starts choking, you see her little visor slide over her face. <laughs> yeah. yeah <that's- laughs> it's like ever oh, so subtle. Like man. if you're not look, if you're not watching like closely, you'll probably miss it. Um, but yeah, there's like three three um shots of her um visor going over her face to protect her. So. <laughs> Yeah, she is. She is described as a synthetic human hybrid. So there you go. So did you guys, when you were seeing this, when you were reading this, did you pick up or did you on what was going on, or did you have to wait and figure out what was going on after it? She said something. (laughs) It's so funny because, like, while I was reading it, I didn't notice it, but I looked to the next panel where the that black girl's eyes are like big (laughs) and like. I thought that the other girl had, like cut her throat at yeah, first, Denver, but then yeah. I looked down and see everybody else did. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see what happened. Yeah, I mean, not only that, she makes a statement to the rest of the crew. If <laughs> you follow my orders, almost bit the air out the out the ship. Like, man, <laughs> she is brutal. Applications like, for a new bridge crew are now it's, open. It's a Gee. Star Trek version of Frieza. Oh yeah. <laughs> Frieza. She actually looks like Frieza a little bit. She does. <laughs> Somebody should make that meme. Make it happen, Carrie. <laughs> oh, so what else we have? We got a scene of Amanda, um, Sarek's wife, Spock's mother, and Laurel on Konos. And, you know, of course, the entire team that was on Harlock, um, you know, died. <laughs> Vark and all <laughs> the other guys died in the, in that barrage that Jojo, um, Sit down on Harlock. So it to me, what well, what do you guys think about this? Them trying to mount forces. Any any thoughts on it? Well, I mean, it makes sense. There's a power vacuum. This would be the perfect time to strike if they were going to do something. Like they haven't probably haven't had an opportunity like this in years. So I take it as we've got an opportunity to see Spock's mother. 
<laughs> yeah, that too, <laughs> which was awesome to see her in comics. Yes. But I will say it reminds me a lot of, it seems like this whole Terran Empire thing reminds me a lot, a lot, a lot. And we mentioned it earlier, Star Wars. It reminds me of the resistance of the mounting rebel forces and and trying to to take out a very in, evil empire. So very a lot a lot of parallels to what you see in in Star Wars as well. So <laughs> you know, I've heard one time that there are only so many stories in existence. They're just told in different ways and different means and by different people and and different formats. So that's goes right along the lines of what you just said, that there are, there are similarities here. Oh yeah. So I guess lastly, we see Harry Mudd, you know, a, di- a different Harry Mudd, not killing people left and right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, it was interesting seeing him be more of a, um, I don't know, um, helping folks out being altruistic and all that good jazz. And um, at the very end there, we see a hooded person who we think is dead in, in Star Trek Discovery, uh, Miss Burnham. What do you guys think of her reappearing? The the first thing I thought was that that they're definitely going back. They're You know, they're definitely going to have the Mirror Universe in the next season. Like, if she's still alive, like, there's no way yes. that she's not going to be in the series. Yeah. I can't wait to see Evil Burnham. <laughs> so that brought up an interesting point for me is... We're reading this and we understand that it's canon and we understand that it's made by the same producers, but you're, I want to say, I don't want to say ordinary viewer because nope, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to use that word, but your everyday viewer of Star Trek Discovery probably aren't ingesting and reading this source material that we're reading. So, you know, Carrie, you make a good point of we think that she's going to be back. But we've got this going on. We might not be as surprised as someone watching it next season and sees like, oh, where did she come from? Yeah, it, it it's funny. Like, I've never gotten to extended universe material on a show before. I did it with um Halo, um, of all things. And like I can it it's like a total nerdy thing when somebody <laughs> pops up that was in a book and you're like, oh, my God, they're in the yeah. game. And I feel like this is kind of one of those moments where. We're kind of going to be in on something, you know, that's going to completely shock people that didn't read the comic. Yeah. You smug book readers, man. Smug <laughs> book readers. Yeah. And I will say, too, that um, a, a, a thing that they a piece of continuity that they got wrong in this is Owasikun, Owasikun, the black girl with the hair. <laughs> the black um, girl. Yeah, the black girl. Uh, <laughs> she actually got vaporized in the show proper. In what's past his prologue. So this is a huge continuity continuity mishap in this comic. So oh. yeah, she gets vaporized by Lorca. Yeah. I, I went back and watched the scene just to make I like, did she really? In the mirror universe? In the mirror universe, she got vaporized. Now, unless there's another girl that just looked just like her, but I, I Oh yeah, I, oh yeah. When they were when they were like raiding the in that hallway. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. When I was like, dang, man, they vaporized. <laughs> Vaporizing folks. <laughs> so yeah, a bit a bit of continuity mishap there, but but oh well. So do you think that the writers having, uh, you know, 
I'm sure we're not going to be the only ones that pick up on this. So I'm curious to see if in issue four or five of this thing, if they go back and say, oh, well, she really had a twin sister and this, you know, it was a twin <laughs> sister that got vaporized. Well, I guess it doesn't matter that much. She's dead. Yeah, she, did. She, again. She, she came back to die again of natural <laughs> gases. Well, unnatural gases. But anyway. <laughs> Now I just imagine somebody farting in the previous panel where they're all choking and like make that meme. <laughs> oh, oh boy. So you guys have any other Saru. takeaways? I've 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 actually Saru <laughs> I've actually went through all of my notes and um yeah, do you guys have any other takeaways from this this first book of Star Trek Discovery Succession? Uh, well, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go. no, no, no. Go ahead, please. No, I was just gonna say that, like, I, I like seeing these different like angles to the show, and I just hope that they continue fleshing out the other universe because, I mean, when you think about it, it was in half the show, but we really didn't learn much about like the Terran universe proper. Yeah. Um, we just learned about things in the context of the story, of course. So I'm looking forward to seeing it fleshed out a little more. Yeah, that was basically going to be what I was kind of going to hint at as not necessarily, even though I do want to see it fleshed out more, I wish that there would have been more pages for us to consume in this, you know, this particular story, because there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I would have rather, I would have loved to have seen like the Amanda and Laurel conversation be two or three pages, you know, not just a single page. And likewise with some of the other back and forths, I would have loved to have seen, more exchanges just to give us more insight. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agreed. A fun, fun read. Nonetheless, again, it's always good to go back and get filled in on story that we didn't see in the show. And I'm loving it. And I can't wait for the last, um, uh, light of Kalis book to come out as well as I think the next book for this one drops tomorrow. So yeah, just, uh, they need to keep it coming. I'm loving it and something to tide us over. Until the season returns, hopefully this year. Fingers crossed. Please, yeah, this year. I have to give them credit for keeping the buzz going um, for the series while it's on break. Like that's good job, CBS or Netflix or whoever is funding this. <laughs> Somebody up there in high high up in I don't know Ivory Towers. All right, <laughs> all right, guys. I guess we're ready to wrap it up. Um, let's go around a horn and see if anybody has anything podcast related, otherwise that they want to talk about or plug. Starting with Carrie Brown. Oh, okay. As always, you know, um, tune in for the Tech Petition podcast. We normally go on the weekends, so Friday or Saturday, um, somewhere in there. Um, we'll have a stream, and if you don't want to watch the stream, um, we'll have the MP3 version out a day or two later. So um, please uh, tune in and check us out. Yeah, yeah. Our latest episode, Title to be Determined, which was a really fun <laughs> episode. Yeah. And Kyle Jones, man, what do you have? You want to talk about podcast later or otherwise? All right. Well, you and I can be found on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash discussing network, where we talk comic books, who is videos, a couple of reviews, just a whole bunch of stuff. So fun, fun. Cool beans. Well, guys, thank you all for joining us for this review. And yeah, until next time, guys, live long and prosper.
Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe.